Broadcasting worldwide from the Toadsuck Studio in beautiful central Arkansas. This is Bad Choices in Bourbon. I'm your host, Dan Decker, at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R on Twitter. And with me this week out of Maine is Rob Olson. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Thanks Woo-hoo. for having me, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is uh, part of an ongoing series to get uh, all of the uh, friends that are part of the D&DS9 crew onto the show. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, not to tease too much, but there may be some changes coming. Once I've got that done, we're going to maybe maybe clean a little house and put some things in order. Uh, but, yeah, I want to get all you guys on the show, and you are here now. Um, and it's, it's really great because <clears throat> we're recording on a Thursday, which is... Literally, uh, you will be next week's uh, episode. This may be the uh, closest uh, that's ever been from recording to release. So, I mean, you can't be any more contemporary. Uh, but, man, welcome and thank you for making time. I know uh, leading up to the show, we were <laughs> we were discussing about how we were having to work around a couple of things. So, thanks so much. Oh, that's quite all right. Happy to be here. So, how is Maine? Maine's great. Um yeah. Just moved here a year ago. Before that, we had owned a little camp up here for a couple of years. Oh, nice. Uh, but it wasn't really livable, so I'd been up to do work on it, keep an eye on things. And then um, we took a couple of years to kind of figure out what we wanted to do with the property. And uh, between the town and and contractors, it finally decided that we should bulldoze it and start from scratch. So that's what we did. And the house was ready to move into a year ago. Oh, wow. And... Uh, Originally, we were going to rent it out and do those kinds of things and uh, that you see on TV, you know, free free vacation house, you know, let the people <laughs> pay for your vacation house. And then uh-huh, uh, right. my wife was like, I, I don't want strangers in my house. It's fair. Totally and I was fair. like, well, I was like, OK. And we were both able to work from home mostly. So we uh, sold the house in New Hampshire and moved up here full time. Very cool. Well, that's um, uh, that, you you know, strangers living in your house. We just got back Tuesday uh from pensacola beach uh, where we Mm -hmm. rented a condo of course and that is somebody else's house yeah and strange yeah it was really great uh but yeah i can appreciate the not wanting to you know uh vrbo or or airbnb your place um especially after you've put so much work into making it yours Um, yep. So you turn the campsite or the camping grounds into uh, to uh, Olson's estate, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, very cool. Very cool, man. Did you uh, preserve as much of the woodland and area as you could? Yeah, as much as we could. So yeah. it's a pretty small lot. It's only a third of an acre. So, okay. but there's a lot of lot of buffer around us. And then we uh, we actually just this spring we came back in and added a lot of landscaping back in. So it was a bit of a blank slate when we were done. So uh, we came back and put a lot of plants in, but uh, we're only about 30 or 40 feet from the water. Oh, that's so, kind of nice. Yeah. So you, you wake up, you look out the window, you're immediately more relaced than you were before. <laughs> you, know, you hear the birds and everything. Absolutely. In the Is it yep. fishable? Do you fish? Yeah. So it's a warm water fishery. So up here, that means uh smallmouth, largemouth bath, uh, pickerel, perch, uh, sunfish, things like that. Yeah. Um, there are rumors of some surviving trout in there, um, but I don't know how, how true that is. And then um, there's quite a bit of waterfowl out here. Uh, we have loons and ducks and, you know, um, great blue herons and things like that. So, yeah, it's great. There's always something oh, going on out there. 
Fowl is on the short list of food I'm allowed now. So that's nice <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So how so how has that been going? So that's oh, been man. a huge change for you. Yeah. So uh, as as everyone's kind of uh, pointed out to me, it's easier to list the things I'm allowed than not. So yeah. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's fish, pol- fish, poultry, and fowl are all anything not red meat related. For different right. reasons now, the prognosis changed to likely what's a what's called hemochromatosis. And that is an okay. iron overload on your body. Yeah, my friend has that. Yeah, so that's that's more likely than the alpha gall because that that marker didn't turn up. Uh, okay. And and so and then the other condition is called Barrett's esophagus, where uh, right untreated GERD has done a significant amount of damage to my esophagus. So yeah, uh, yeah, I gotta take away all kinds of no 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 acidic foods uh, or fruits. Um, so nothing spicy, uh, relatively bland, you know, uh, vegetables mm-hmm. and non-citrus fruits and uh, whole grains because I got to avoid uh, con- or refined sugar. Complex sugar is okay uh, in limited, you know, limited supply. But yeah, so is changes. pork considered a red meat? <laughs> it is. For your yeah, and no mammal, no mammals, oh, no okay. mammals, no mammals, no dairy, no mammals, no mammal products. Oh, that's tough. The dairy is for a different reason, but yeah. So between the yeah. two conditions, there's a lot of restriction overlap, and then right. each of them have their own differences. So, and uh, and, is, and then hmm? is that something that you think that you're gonna like after a while you'll be able to add some things back in and kind mm-hmm. of test it or mm-hmm. never again? Nope, nope. So with the iron overload, uh, that is, um, you know, red meat just contains iron, and you're already you already take too much. So yeah, the only way to treat it is with diet, you know. Yeah, my friend Ken and his his brother Jeff, they have well, Jeff has uh been diagnosed with hemochromatosis. My buddy won't go and get diagnosed because he doesn't <laughs> want that marker on his record. But they both just give blood regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Double reds. And yep, they say I that, do that. They, they say that they can actually see the iron mm-hmm. in the blood when they mm-hmm. take it out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep, I've done it uh, on an aphoresis machine. Yep. Yeah, uh, which is kind of frustrating because the Red Cross was never like, "Hey, maybe you should get that looked into," and that kind of irritates me. Right? Because yeah. my my GI told me that if you have it, and you know, you could by them taking that, they you could overload somebody else, right? Because if it's bad enough, and that's right. that that's actually the treatment though is diet and bloodletting. Bloodletting, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's what, I, you know, that's, I guess that's what I've got to look forward to, but, um, uh, yeah, it still makes me sick. So, uh, it's, my body is rejecting it by, by force. And so yep. like I tell folks, it's all positive changes, you know, uh, right. I feel better overall and I'm not really sad. Uh, you know, it's, it's more of a frustration for the imposition on my family and the, you know, where I'm, what I'm going to have to do to get around going to potlucks and crap like that you know right right uh but yeah it's i mean i've lost quite a bit of weight and you know uh uh fat and stuff so it's all good just got to keep up the yeah, exercise I mean, now as long as you wanted to right like that's all positive change oh yeah absolutely no i always told everyone told myself that you know if it became kind of a life or death thing i'd, I'd definitely you know make the changes and i can't keep damaging my organs i need them Right. Yeah. I I talked to the kids and they're like, no, you can't have half my liver and one of my kidneys. And I was like, come on, you only need 
half yourself no so yeah, anyway right. you know <laughs> but yeah that's that's the update on that so uh but but that's enough about me man this show's about you um so where were you born where were you born hartford connecticut hartford connecticut that's that's a place uh that sounds familiar to a lot of folks i hope because it, it sounds familiar to me what's it famous for um, it's famous for uh, insurance. It was the insurance capital of the world for a long oh, time. So like all, yeah. all the big insurance companies had their offices there. And that's what my dad did for a living. My dad worked for insurance companies all his career. Oh, wow. And, um, but also like near there is, um, there's like the Mark Twain house is nearby and it's built to, to look like a, uh, a giant riverboat. Oh, yeah. It's, it's landlocked. Yeah. Um, so that's like one of the big school trips there. And we're fairly close to the Massachusetts border, not too far from, say, Springfield, Massachusetts, where the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame is and things oh, like that. Oh, very cool. So um, speaking of riverboats, have you ever been on one? An I've never been one? on a riverboat. Oh, yeah. nice. <clears throat> so I, young, when I was young, I got to go on one uh, actually on the Mississippi River. Uh, oh, and nice. Then, well, I guess they both were on the Mississippi River. One was down in Memphis and one was in St. Louis. Uh, many odd years later because we had the two boys they were both young but we went on a we went on a riverboat ride in st louis uh we right. used to go to st louis a lot because we're huge cardinals fans um, and it's it's a great place to go and do stuff there is so much to do if you're in the area it's six hours from where i live that's that's a day trip you know catch yep. a catch a hotel when you're younger it is a day trip up there and back we many times we drove up watched the game and drove back we we don't have that energy anymore. <laughs> yeah. So gr growing up, my dad, um, my dad's from New York State, uh, mm -hmm. Westchester County, a little call town called uh, Ossining, New York, and it's where uh, Sing Sing Prison is. Oh man! So when they talk about saying, you know, sending you up the river, you'd go to my dad's hometown. Oh wow! And um, so my dad's a, a New York teams fan. He was. My oh, dad yeah. passed away earlier this year. Oh, um, I'm sorry, but. To hear that. He, Thank you. And um, so he's like a Yankees fan, Rangers, Knicks fan. So I found this out um, from my my oldest brother that when uh, he was a kid, my dad would secretly whisk him away and they drive into Boston to see them play the Red. You know, they'd watch the Yankees play the Red Sox and my dad oh, would get nice. tickets so he could see his team. And he would take my older brother because my he was the only one that would actually sit down and watch a baseball game. My other brother and I only cared about pretzels and hot dogs and Cracker Jacks and all that stuff. Oh, the so stuff my brother you get David, at the ball game. Yeah, yeah, that's all I cared about. So my my brother Dave was my dad's uh, baseball buddy, and I was I was very shocked to hear about that. And my brother's like, "Oh, you didn't know?" He's like, "Yeah, we, we used to go all the time." <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a cool thing too, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, you know, I think, uh, go ahead. You know, there's I have uh, I have two brothers and a sister, so. Uh, and my sister's the oldest, uh, older than me by 14 years. So um, by the time I'm, you know, walking around thinking and, you know, having good memories and stuff like that, my sister was an adult and almost out of the house. Right. So it, my mother's trapped in the house with three young boys, you know. But I think, uh, I think overall, I think each one of us had, hey, don't tell your brothers X, Y, Z. Like, just secret stuff right? that we did with dad. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, just, of course. You know, just one-on-one -on -one stuff. Well, that is a parent's prerogative to have, you right. know, uh, there's, there's something special between 
each, uh, each myself and the boys and Trish and them as well, you know, there's something we share in common that, uh, that isn't shared between the group. And, and that's just, you know, that's just how you build, uh, something to hold on to. And so that, that's a nice special story to have too, though. And some, you know, here you are still learning something new about your dad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so you weren't, were there any sports that you enjoyed uh, to watch or were you not much yeah, into so, it? So growing up, we had no choice. We just had one TV. So oh. if there was a sporting <laughs> right. event. Listen, if kids. If there was a sporting <laughs> event on, uh, we, watched, uh, we watched what dad wanted to watch. So grew up watching all sports. Anything with a ball or a puck, we watched. Yeah. And my dad made sure that we all played sports growing up. Okay. So played hockey, baseball, soccer. Uh, a little bit of basketball, all that stuff, but I was not athletically uh, gifted, Neither so was I. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't really learn to control my body in a respectable way, probably till my twenties, <laughs> and, and and not you know my peak performance was probably like a week in my mid thirties somewhere. It was probably when I peaked, so not really helpful to me. My dad was uh my dad was a huge athlete, so my dad played um some Gulf coast, uh, baseball mm-hmm. back in the fifties. Uh, oh, he wow. was, uh, played, uh, some college ball for the university of Vermont. And he was, uh, he was very interesting. So my dad generally right-handed, but he pitched left-handed and he would bat righty. Wow. So, cool. and, uh, yeah, so he played for this, uh, team called the Bronzeville Charos down in uh, Arlington, Texas, when he was stationed down there in the air force after college, he and my mom lived down there. And, but he, he always played, you know, he played all sorts of sports and coached and did all that stuff. And really by probably like, yeah, 11, I was done with most sports. You know, my (laughs) brothers were, my brothers were, were huge athletes and, um, we have a, we have a, a mixed family. So my, my sister is the oldest. Um, and my parents had her when they were in their early twenties. And then my parents, uh, had difficulty, uh, bringing a pregnancy to term mm-hmm. and they definitely wanted to have kid, more kids. They had a lot of love to give. So, um, through the Catholic charities, my parents adopted two boys, my brothers Oh wow! as infants. So, and then, uh, after, right after they adopted my brother, Michael, um, they found out that they were pregnant with me <laughs> and, and <laughs> my, my dad's famous words were, what do you mean you're pregnant? <laughs> yeah. The doctor told us you couldn't have babies. <laughs> Whoa. So record scratch, back it up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm the fourth one. I, you know, I come in and my brothers are just very naturally gifted athletes. So I came along and I think my dad, you know, just had an expectation that I would also be athletic and, and things like that. And I wasn't to the point that one year in middle school in junior high school, I got a C in gym. Oh man. (laughs) So I'm this nerdy little kid. Yeah. Well, I can relate. Trying my hardest at gym, but I'm just a mess. Yep. But the the gym sporty. teacher the gym teacher had my brother the year before and we had just moved into town. So I no no previous understanding of what kind of raw material he was dealing with. <laughs> so he he uh, he apologized to me the second quarter. And he said I'm really sorry for giving you that C. I I just thought you were screwing around. 
<laughs> and I'm like, no, no, this is it. This is this is this, this is, is what you Rob. get. This is what you get. Yeah, yeah the the kids at, Top at of school my game called, right here. <laughs> the kids at school called me Stone Hands because oh, I yeah. couldn't boom, catch boom. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Catch him with two fists with the gloves yeah, on. Pretty yeah, pretty much. So um, I, I don't know what gym was like for you, but we had a very consistent uh, pattern in, oh gosh, it was like ninth grade, um, probably, or 10th grade. The whole time we were, the whole time we were probably in, in required to take PE. And it was this, it was uh, a weaponized version, of, an, an even more weaponized version of dodgeball called right, yeah. battle ball. Did you play battle oh, ball? Oh, wow. Yeah. So no, what we you never do, played that. What you do is you have uh, two traffic cones, right? So two orange traffic cones across each other from, so half the bath is basketball court, but across wise, right? Gotcha. So you line your teams up on either side, and in the middle are as many, you know, dodgeballs as you have in the, in the, in the arena. So you line yep. up all the dodgeballs on the center line, and then everybody lines up except the person who's going to be guarding the cone, because that's like that's the that's the golden snitch. If you knock over the cone, you win, right? So gotcha. someone's guarding the cone. So blows the whistle. Everyone from both sides charges to go grab as many balls as they can. Now in the first round, there's no throwing. You gotta wait till you get back across the line before you can throw a ball. If you get our back across the line and somebody else is still running across the line, you can beat them in the back. You get hit with the ball, you're out, right? Gotcha. And so, yep. but if you catch the ball, the other person's out, you know. And, yeah, and this was every day, over and over again. And it was brutal. And so if you were the slow one, you got to be the guard. So you were the target. And uh, and there were many, many, many times that it was just me and the cone and all the balls. It was bad, bad experience. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That was Jim for like three years. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely, you know, definitely elementary school into into uh into junior high school. I'm trying just, to think what you, we used to do in high school. Play these games anymore. They wouldn't be allowed to do this. No, no, certainly no. not. A lot of kickball at recess. Yeah, kickball's but, uh, great. Yeah, but high school oh, man, just floor hockey, <laughs> basketball, and uh volleyball. Volleyball was pretty yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, you know, I was, I was reading something around the other day about the the lower number. It seems like a lot less, a lot fewer kids have broken arms these days. Like compared to when we were growing up, it was like everybody you knew had a broken arm. It was like a rite of passage. If you didn't break your arm growing up, you know, you, did you even kid? You know? Yeah, right. You know, I didn't break an arm. I feel, I feel like I missed out on something. I don't have a cast with a. You know, I say this as, ha- and I have a child who's broken a foot and a finger. So, you know, <laughs> but he's, he's clumsy as it relates to, um, uh, you know, only being able to find yourself in space, 3d space at a certain point. Are you tall? Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just under six foot, but I was yeah. really skinny. Yeah. Skinny yeah. Yeah. And, lang, uh, lang, lang, got yeah. A, lanky. Yeah. And I've got a, a pretty decent sized cranium. So I tend to lead <laughs> with my skull. Dunk. Yeah. You know, yeah. be like, yeah. I'd hit my head walking through a doorway. You know, that, it's like you got plenty of space trooper. there. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I tell folks, they're like, how tall are you? And I'm like, frustratingly not six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I was six foot for for the longest time. Well, and I told I'm, everybody. I'm, uh, and then I outclassed got... by my middle child, and, and his older brother is uh, catching up without a lot of uh, 
without a lot of slack. Uh, they're they're just uh, I was you know I was stunted as a child due to all the the stuff I had to go through with my eye. Uh, I feel like right. a lot of that caused yep. you know diminished growth, and uh, mm-hmm. so looking at my middle teen, uh, I kind of see what it would have been like if, if there had <laughs> been no hindrance. Um, he's uh, he's my not so many mini me, you know. Yep. You have any kids? Uh, no kids, just uh, just uh, dogs and cats. That's cool, so man. We... So yeah, yep. you have some kids. Yep. Yeah, yeah I. Yep. Uh... They just. They're just not going to take out any kind of student loans or anything like that, so it's Which a little is, bit of an advantage. It is really, um, yeah. That's uh, that's the uh, yeah, that's the biggest lie the devil ever told, right there. Student loans, goodness <laughs> gracious. I went I went to college uh, three times and yeah. never finished. I kept I kept trying, and then luckily uh, stumbled into opening my own business. <laughs> gave me a gave me a way to support myself. You know, a lot yeah, of retail absolutely. jobs. In between things like that, I know we, I know you know what that's like. Yeah, I do. But, um, Retail life for life, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that's. Uh, uh, I'm I'm just wondering how we're gonna do that right now with with the up ramp and and uh, COVID and everything. We're we're about to go into tax free weekend and the electronics are included for the oh. first time. Oh yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, just drive all those <laughs> unvaccinated people into. Shopping malls and stores. Oh yes, with like half dozen new variants out there of this thing. So we'll see how it yeah. goes. I think this is life now. I think this is just how it goes down. Um, I think you know. so. Uh, I, you know, it was like climate change wasn't enough. Let's go ahead and throw plague on top of it just to make sure, just to make sure yeah, we all go down. You know. You know, it's kind of like when you're trying to make stew and it's not happening fast enough. So you put a yeah. lid on top and turn up the heat and just that see just if you can get work. it done faster. Yeah. Nope. There's a reason it's called stew. <laughs> just do it just do it um so you but you're old enough uh you're you're a you're a gentleman of a certain age i like to say i am uh sure. that can remember how we fixed acid rain and the ozone layer yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, we, yeah. we ignored it <laughs> <laughs> until we couldn't and we had to set we had to we had to put away all the aquanet yeah we uh i mean we did we did you know we tried hard we sent a lot of our jobs overseas to to, to stop pollute all their that, stuff, yeah, you know, industrial uh, pollutants in in our area, but yeah, hey, we just it, moved it's it. Sho- it's shocking how different the world is now from when we were kids. It's an, it's uh it's it's oh man, it is uh, not what I anticipated as a child either. I just I thought we would be a lot. I mean, Captain Planet told me that we were going to be all right. And, uh, you know, I was, I wasn't quite teenager enough to be cynical enough to not believe that yet. So, right. <laughs> I got over that real quick, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder if now Captain Planet would be fighting like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, I kind of think maybe, I think maybe, you know, he's a, uh, he's, he's a, uh, he fights against like excessive billionaires. Yeah. These guys that, you know sunk hundreds of millions maybe billions of dollars into this program just to just to get up to the level of the mercury astronauts yeah yeah that we was did my, that uh, in the 60s that was my thing it was like way to way to be 65 years behind <laughs> you know um, i mean if giant... i'm paying if i'm going to pay two hundred eighty thousand dollars for a for a trip i want to at least orbit you know like, give me a I john mean... glenn trip exactly i mean we you we already solved this problem and and you have 
Ah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't understand it, man. It's just mind-boggling. I mean, I, I don't consider it a win. You got to, they didn't accomplish anything more than you can't get on the Vomit Comet. Right, exactly. You know, you can just do yeah. that in a parabolic flight. Yeah, they, congratulations. I mean, we had that guy years ago that went up in, on a balloon and skydove yeah. from, yeah. from, from, from the not same too far height. away from where they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, technically it's the edge of space, but that's just being kind. For egos, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, I guess uh, Bezos was play, paying the people enough that were bringing him home versus the people who deliver his shit. Yeah, uh, they didn't I mean, walk out on the job. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that's a big part of the reason his his one big part, obviously, of the reason that he ended up divorcing his wife because the second she got her money, she gave so much of it away. Yeah, she yeah. was like, I. I, I need to do something to enrich the lives of the people around me, you know? And, Big, and I think that know. would be the, the natural thing to do. Like, uh, you know, a moral biz, uh, a moral billionaire exists for a very short period of time and they're very quickly become a millionaire yeah. because there's no reason to hold on to that. I don't understand that level it. of money. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't need it to survive. And, and it's, it's, uh, I would like to think that, you know, I wouldn't be greedy. So because I, right. I just yeah, what more do you want? You know, after you get the entire Eagle Moss collection, what else is there? Buy all the D and D books, boom, you're good. It's done. Period. Yeah, you know, Finito. absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of D and D, man, um, you're a longtime fan, first time player, isn't that right? Yeah, it is. So yeah. um, I don't know. Did, if did, I, did I break your D and D cherry? Yeah, you, you, oh, you certainly did. So I don't know if it was because um, we moved around a lot at that pivotable, pivotal. I have a lot um, to do like, with it back in the day. You know, elementary school into high school phase, but I kind of missed finding a group of people to play with. Yeah. But I was always really interested in the books. Um, so I got all the manuals, the monster manual, and I'd stay up and I'd, I'd make my own characters up and kind of tell stories to myself in my head. I probably told them to my mom and she'd, probably just sit there with their eyes crossed thinking about something else listen to me blabber on and i read uh you know gary gygax had some uh, adventure novels and things like that and i read those and um you know i'm I, my english teachers were always you know cringing you know when they, i'd bring these books in for book reports and things like that. books to class yeah so so i did all that stuff and yeah like you know, played the, any video game, any computer game, you know, that came out that had D&D in it, I'd play it. And uh, uh, luckily, some of them were good. Um, so, but I always enjoyed all of them. Nice. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so far, um, new player to the game. Uh, how have you, what's your take on playing versus everything you led up to with that? Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. And um, I think, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that, it does a lot of mental gymnastics before something happens. You know, um, I, uh, I kind of try out conversations and ideas in my head and things like mm -hmm. that. So it's just really great to be in a creative process with a lot of other people. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think we have a good group and a lot of nimble minds and, you know, able to, you know, just kind of ad lib things and get going. And I think some of our, our best moments have just been, you know, some of the, those little happy accidents. Oh yeah. Oh. 
Who lost who? Let's see here. You back? Are you back? Yeah, there we go. All right. All right. So, yeah, happy little accidents uh, when it comes to yeah. D&D. Like, I'm going to go get yeah. that ooze, which yeah, exactly. uh, some, at some point will be an inside joke to the listeners, too, when I finally learn how to cut these videos together. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine the amount of work you're going to have. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's I've got to learn Final Cut. That's all there is to yep. it. And uh, so I've got to sit down and spend the time to do it. Um, it's one of the benefits of, uh, of the, the work that I do is that I have access to that stuff for free. So I may as well take it. That is very nice. It is. It is. Um, I need to get the, I need to get the code for logic too, uh, just Mm -hmm. to have it, but yeah, get, uh, we get that whole suite for, for gypsies. It's nice. Yeah. Um, The the, the subscription based software is the bane of everybody's existence at this point before you could buy it. Uh, Yep. When you could just own it. I, I'm, I've mixed feelings because it is nice to have always the most up-to-date version uh, but I feel like you know, sure. it is on the developer to make that worth my money. Uh, and for the most part, they do, you know. Um, and a lot of it, like there are a lot of independent developers that I've supported for ages that have gone to a subscription model that I don't mind supporting them, you know, annually because it means they're continuing to make stuff. Um, right. So I get it, you know. Uh, as someone who asks folks uh, to support me monthly on Patreon, uh, subscriptions are cool, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I get it. As someone, you know, having bought um, having bought a lot of software and games and everything over the years, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I let go of a lot of physical media more for physical space needs than um, you know lack of desire to to have that thing to hold on to. You know, right. Yeah. So my my wife is a is a, is a minimalist. Mm-hmm. At least would like to be as much as she can be with me involved. So uh, why can't you just like have say I'm not of a, your starships? I like to say that I'm not a hoarder. I just mm-hmm. have hoarding tendencies. Yeah, um, of course. You know, uh, of course. You know, they used to call people like me like collectors. You know, so yeah, yeah, we're but, collectors. That's right. You Absolutely. know, but we uh we moved from at one point almost a 4000 square foot house and we downsized to another home and now we're in 1400 square feet and this home has no basement it has no attic so <laughs> i have a i have a very overstuffed garage and uh you know just trying to weed out all that stuff just from years of owning a business and and you know just the stuff that you collect when you live in a 4000 square foot house because i oh, found the bigger the house you have just the more stuff you go out and get of to course. fill it up nature of so yeah, void. That, yeah that that is my wife's burden is, is is to deal with me i something else showed up from amazon and she's like do you need this and of course <laughs> right. i say yes I, of course of course yeah. i need this i wouldn't have bought it if i didn't need it and there you go we have to why have a discussion you, of why are you asking this question <laughs> obviously i would not have i'm not wasting money honey you know so yeah so yeah. I, i'm gonna have to be seen in the yard using this this new garden tool you know, mm, yes, yes, as much paying, as possible it. to yeah. justify its existence. Yeah, it better work. <laughs> it better. <laughs> so, um, uh, where and how, or what got you into? I mean, you're a Trek fan, right? Obviously, that's that's yeah, really yeah, connected through. Uh, yeah, I'm a internet. huge Trek fan. Yeah, where did yeah. that come from? So, growing growing up, I was uh, so I'm almost fifty now. I was born in 1972. So like we discussed before, we had one TV in the house. We were lucky it was a it was a color TV. 
and right? um, that was a thing, kids. But like reruns, you know, we had. I mean, maybe off the antenna, we had five, five or six channels. You know, the three major networks and a couple independent channels. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek is what came up. And my dad liked to watch Star Trek. Uh, my brothers liked to watch Star Trek. So we'd watch a lot of Star Trek. Nice. And of course, this was, you know, the original series. And then, um, you know, uh, there was a local movie theater in town where you could go and watch movies for 99 cents. Oh, nice. So like all summer long. And then the best thing ever happened. They opened up a Baskin Robbins in the same building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for two bucks, you could get an ice cream cone and a movie ticket. Oh. And so I, you know, I go down there with, you know, my uh, paper route money. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd sit there all day watching the same movie over and over again. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I must have seen, you know, a dozen times in the theater and, um, you know, all that stuff. So obviously the the uh, the original series movies started coming out. And the first one is the motion picture. So it's like, oh, hey, let's go see this great movie. You know, we love this series. And as a young kid to sit there and just have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like what? You know, what, what am is, I even watching? What is this? You know, and of course, it looked beautiful. Right. You know, um, you know, the, the film looked great. Um, and we could discuss the merits of the uh, the uniforms, of course. But um, overall, like the, the movie looked great. It had some really great big Star Trek ideas in it. But man, it, you know, for a little kid, that is that is a slog. It's to a get lot to eat. It, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it is uh, it is one of my favorite Star Trek movies, and it is one of the trekkingest treks that trekked. But it is it is very high mind, uh, very high concept, and very few phasers and torpedoes. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's where a lot of people were like, "What?" Excuse me. Yeah, I think if if I think if you take the the motion picture, uh, the Voyage Home, and probably Insurrection. Those are the most like the TV shows. Yeah. You know, and then these other ones are, you know, are, are big action movies mm-hmm. in reality. And I, and I, and I love it all. I, you know, I, you know, of course we're on Twitter together, Dan, and, and we see all this infighting and gatekeeping and things like that. And like, I'm just constantly behind my, my, my tablet keyboard, like, well, you know, not, not all, not yeah. all average old white, you know, Trekkies. yeah, Trek exactly. fans feel exactly. this way, you know, and I'm just like, I, I will admit it. I like, I love it all. I don't like it all. Right. You know, I, you know, it's all There's great. And, yeah. but you know, I have my favorites and, and some, some hit better than others. And, um, but, but yeah, I watch I mean, all the, of it. the biggest thing for me is the community has made Star Trek a bigger part of my life. Yep. So, uh, when I was uh, 19, I dropped out of college. My dad had lost his job and dropped out of college. So I moved to New Hampshire for the first time. My parents had moved there my senior year of high school, and I had stayed and lived with a friend and finished out my high school senior year there. So it was the first time moving to this new state, moving into this home with my parents. And it was 1991. So it was during the recession under uh, first George Bush. And you just, my dad couldn't get a job, couldn't get a job. So I get this job working at Barnes and Noble 
one of the first big, you know, that big expansion of bookstores that happened in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, back when we luckily, were yeah, luckily there was this, you know, there's this glut of like really intelligent young people, college educated, not me. I was not a college educated. <laughs> I was just a young punk. But I had I had, uh, worked a semester at the college bookstore, so I had previous bookstore experience. So I was able to scam my way into this job that was like ridiculously competitive for a retail job. Like people would not understand it today. Like the lines of people uh, going job. down there trying to get this job with these ridiculous resumes. So I I made a couple. It was my first adult friends that I really made were working at this job. And they were Trek fans. So now not only do you have this fandom that's yours personally and inside your family, now you're meeting other people out in the world. And then obviously now, 30 years later, it's exploded with social media. And you can really connect to, to like-minded people all over the world. And uh, I mean, it's amazing. Obviously there's negative parts of that uh, for sure. But just to be able to like, to share that with a lot of people and to see see people my age or older bemoaning this Kurtzman era and saying it's killing Trek when it's just like how could it kill Trek like you know J, the yeah, JJ verse well, we have four shows in production right now yeah and that's that just what they'll talk about yeah that's what they'll just what they'll talk about God knows what's going on behind the scenes yep I mean uh, you don't get 160 million dollars over five years for nothing <laughs> Yeah, I'd right? love to fail hard like that. Can I fail oh, that me hard, too. please? Me too. Let me fail I mean, so amazingly bad that ten... Apple promotes yep. me to Tim Apple. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was it, like 10 years between the show Enterprise and uh, Star Trek 2009? So, like, that was a failure. Years, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was a no, failure. Wait. Um, so Enterprise started in, in 2001 and ended in 2005. So it was only four years. Uh, but it was, it felt like forever. And then, yeah. uh, you know, that was the problem was, was, you know, enterprise hit its stride and they took it out from underneath us. Um, and I'll never yeah, they, that. I, I keep advocating to, for them to get like an extended, you know, um, mini series limited yeah. release just yeah. to wrap it up, just to give oh, the yeah. fans what they deserve be, and the cast really. Yep. And they should. <sighs> They should whatever they have to do. They should go back in time, save trip, fix it like oh, they yeah. had planned to do. Get them in the refit. Like, I want to see that. I want to see that enterprise refit. Boy, what talk about space. a talk about a de line of demarcation, man. Uh, you either are is or is you ain't uh, my baby when it comes to uh, the NX refit. I like right. it. I'm a fan. Oh, no, I do too. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a, a, just a. a an artful progression that that marries you know it marries the eras uh yeah and it's, it's oh just mm, it's, ah, it's mm, <laughs> so good and that's coming from someone whose favorite design is the refit constitution because i mean come on right well how could you not i yeah. mean if if the motion picture is your favorite movie then yeah. you know oh, yeah. Yeah. have you seen uh they they released a new uh shipyards book coming soon with the 32nd century ships in it uh, yeah, yeah, I did and see so that. There's one in there that looks like a 32nd century stargazers. Uh, I'm not. I don't. Uh, that was the um, constellation class, uh, right? With the four nacelles and the and the yep. saucer. 
and it looked like uh, kind of a kind of an arrowhead esque saucer, but it still mm-hmm. had it had four detached nacelles, and I was like, that's right. kind of that's gotta be, you know. And uh, that yeah, thirty second century see... Constitution class is kind of nice too. Yeah, I don't know if you follow him, but um, uh, it's it's Yerk. Um, I forget his last name, but he's on Twitter, and he does a lot of the the um like set design and production design mm-hmm. tweets. And he was tweeting out a lot of images from that book and it'll be interesting to see what they really are in Canon. Yeah. So yeah. the fans and, you know, and the, there's a blurring on Twitter between fans and people that work in the shows. Like I'll be following somebody <laughs> and all of a sudden I'll find like the guys actually editing episodes of discovery. Right. Yeah. So exactly. exactly. So that demarcation, it can be a little blurry. Um, and, and it's, uh, that's a you know, from when we grew up, and the only way to connect with only the luminaries, like you really didn't even get a chance to connect to yeah. uh, uh, the folks behind the scenes, which as a technical theater nerd was actually where my heart lies. Uh, not yeah. to, you know, I mean, the actors, yes, please and thank you. Uh, but also mm-hmm. folks like Mike and Denise Akuda and all the rest of those that make the show behind the scenes just yeah. as just as uh, important to my um, enjoyment and uh, overall appreciation of, of the franchise. So, uh, yeah, it is, um, you know, it is a whole new era and I'm glad to be here for it uh, of interactivity, you know, having had yeah. so, a couple of, of Trek actors on this very show. Uh, you couldn't have, you couldn't have told me that when I was a kid, I would right. never have believed you. Yeah. I'm going to what in the wind now, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you'll, you'll oh, appreciate this. Yeah. You'll appreciate this perspective too. You mentioned earlier about just getting to know people from all over the world. Um, and growing up when we did, uh, you know, a uh, friend of the show and previous guest Oleg, uh, from Moscow, you know, was born, born in cold war Soviet union in Moscow. And and telling either one of us before, you know, the collapse of the, the Soviet Union that we would have a conversation about Star Trek across the Internet. You, could, you know, I mean, seriously. Yeah. No, I mean, it would be that would be a wonderful thing to know was in the future because that meant we survived. But right. also, like, it, it would have been unbelievable, you know. Um, but here's here we are. Uh, and, and um, you know we prevailed uh, as far as not managing to, to nuke everyone and uh track has brought us together. Absolutely. What, um, what else do you enjoy besides uh D and D and star Trek? Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I can't say <clears throat> that I'm, I'm much different than a lot of star Trek fans. I, I love a lot of, uh, science fiction, um, huge fan of St- star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, saw the first uh, Star Wars movie when it didn't have a subtitle. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just Star Wars. Saw it in the back of my parents' uh, station wagon at, at the drive-in the, theater. At the drive-in theater, yeah. With the with the little mono speaker hanging uh-huh. right. Oh, I think my dad's the only one that really heard anything. <laughs> you get to sit right next to the speaker, and uh, yeah, I mean, fell in love with it. Then uh, you know, grew up with the toys and things like that. Obviously, Star Wars had a little bit more for uh for kids to take home with them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i don't know have you ever watched the netflix series the toys that made us oh yeah 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 i, I keep up yeah so they, with that. when they when they they talk about like the star wars branding they it was just they were just slapping star wars on whatever Anything. toys they could yep. find yep but uh star a wars was a little kids. bit better and uh but we still had like the we had the 
the Star Trek phasers that mm-hmm. were like a little projector. Mm-hmm. So you oh. would put a little disc in that and it would throw up a shadow of like a Klingon battle cruiser up on the wall. And, oh yeah. Or whatever. So we had those and, and a few of the other toys and those were great. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fantasy guy too. Uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, um, the, uh, the Terry Brooks books, the, uh, you know, like the Sword of Shannara and the Wish Song and, and all through those. Um, I'm pretty excited about uh, the Lord of the Rings series coming out next year. And that was that on Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, good. And then I think they've also got the Wheel of Time, which I never really got into reading, but I'm... I'm, you know, I'm excited for the show because same, I've got a friend yeah. who like would love it if I could take that up, but I, I you know, I, my brain is full on a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> I was, I was watching a video and somebody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wheel time's great. It's great. You know, it really gets going in the fifth book. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like if you had to read the Silmarillion before you got to the Hobbit. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you would never get there. It's, so. how, it's like uh, back in the day having to tell folks, it's like, no, no. Okay, so listen, Deep Space Nine, you got to get to season three. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it's and paid it, off. It pays off. And, uh, and being able to go back to that show, especially, and see actually how much was really being laid down in seasons one and two. Um, uh, just, yeah. it's even better now, but, but even back then it was like, there was an obvious and, and noticeable change in how we, how we were going to do that show right around right. season three. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, did, um, Maybe. I was going to say, uh, did, um, uh, so you remember, you remember going specifically going to see star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I remember the Empire Strikes Back, and I remember Return of the Jedi, but I I don't think I was taken yeah. to see the original because I was only like two. Years yeah, old. two or three, right? Yeah, yeah, I so was five. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. That's pretty good time to start forming memory. Uh, yeah. But I did go see Superman the movie. I know that, so it's yeah, pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, good I'm stuff. a I'm a huge comics fan too, and uh, obviously, you know. Uh, Growing up in the the mid '80s and things like that, there's a huge oh, explosion. Man, hot stuff. That's the hot stuff. You know, late and '80s, then, early '90s was comic. Yeah, man, it was a it was a renaissance. Yeah, so I uh, I, had, I had a massive uh, comic book addiction that my mother was very concerned about. <laughs> I, uh, I would, um, yeah, junior high school, end of junior high school, and into into high school, I uh, I had a mail order uh, account. And I would just, I would get all my books in. So I would get this giant box in the mail and inside it were my comics for the month. And every time my mother would say to me, now you're not going to stay up reading these all night, right? Oh no. And I'd be like, no, no, of course not. No. I, why would I do that? Then, then it's just all over. No, I'm going to read them a little bit over time and we'll be fine. And at like, you know, five o'clock, nine hours later, six. I'd hear my dad getting up to like take a shower and I'd pretend like I was asleep and then, then go to school. It's perfect. It's perfect. That's the only but yeah, way to and do I, it. Of course, you know, like me and every other kid on the block was like, I am going to be a millionaire. So I'm yeah. buying like one copy to read one to save. And I just, I actually uh, gave them all away. They were worth nothing. I uh, <laughs> might've had a couple decent books in there worth something, but a friend of mine uh, during quarantine was just like, I have a son who's a voracious reader. Does anybody have anything? You know, we're 
we're losing You're our like... shirts trying to keep them in. <laughs> I said, hey, I'm moving. I said, if you want these, you can have them. How about 10,000 comics? <laughs> yeah, it was easily four, maybe 5,000 comics. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was hard to let little, go. I bet his little head exploded, though. Yeah, I, I I hope he enjoyed them as much as I did. And Yeah, that's you know, the thing, really. That's it. But you right go there. back and it's like the Mutant Massacre, you know, the Dark Knight Rises, you know, when that first came out and mm-hmm. just all sorts of things. And Extinction, Extinction Agenda. That was one of the ones that I was big into. A oh, crossover yeah. event, the Extinction Agenda. And, uh, and uh, I still have a good a good chunk of my comics. Yeah. Definitely not the... Um, uh, not the the heyday it was because I had a friend who uh, I owed money to, and so he kind of took me to task when we all thought it was going to be worth something. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I won in the end because he sent me like three gallon bags full of his Star Wars figures later to make it up for me to give to my yep. kids. Yeah, so it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a healthy stack. I have uh, um, the uh, pretty I mean, several up to maybe twelve or fifteen uh, from the Namor run in the early nineties. Oh, nice. Uh, one through, yeah. And uh, Spawn got like 10, one through 10, early Spawn. Yeah, that was that um, was all like a little bit past my time. Yeah. So like I was right there for uh, John Byrne's Man of Steel reboot. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that uh, that's on the list to cover on the Superman show. Yeah. When we get there. And um, I, I think he did a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of interesting things um, with the character and the mythos and kind of dialing yeah. it in a little bit i read I, that uh i read that as a trade paperback i got the compilation yeah. and uh, I, I still man that was woof, good stuff but you can you can definitely see in the comics the the mark that um the donner superman had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you go from like regular cities to crystal cities <laughs> it's really <laughs> right. obvious yeah yeah you know it's uh yeah and well and that's uh you know it, there's a lot in the um that uh, that movie established that is now just uh, part of the mythos that wasn't before like that the that the S is a symbol from Krypton itself and not just an S uh, right. came with the Donner film which uh, you know also sets set the standard and likely will ever be the standard by which superhero movies are judged uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's just, man, it's a classic in every way. Um, and if you don't think oh, yeah, so, I, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I remember high school, maybe junior year, um, Michael Keaton, the Batman movie. Yes. And, oh, man, that that would have been shouted down by Aaron and Matt Trolls when they found out about that casting. Because even then, in the late 80s, people there was like, another There was shouting what? down. You heard it. You it, even heard it, it then, yeah. There's yeah. like the guy from Gung Ho. Yeah, or uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Mr. And I was I was excited because yeah. um, here's the deal. And here's where people don't understand. A good comedic actor is a good actor, period. Right. And yep. all you need, see also Robin Williams. See also, mm. you know, a half dozen other people. Uh, because, um, you know, uh, comedy often hides tragedy. And if you can feel tragedy, you can act um, and, you know, you don't have to be a comedian all the time. Uh, Right. Michael's gone on to prove that, you know, uh, in a lot of roles that aren't necessarily funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the vulture's not too funny. No, no. And I mean, he continues to work and uh, I I can't wait to see him in the Flash movie. 
Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. my it's gonna be my childhood heart is just aching. To so see I know, him you, I know you'd be on board on. with this then because I, I have this I have this fantasy where I in charge of things uh, like this at Warner Brothers. The project we would be working on right now is casting Michael Keaton as old Bruce for a Batman Beyond franchise. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think I think if this does well, I, I can only imagine that that's going to be in the works. Has to. Because he's perfect. He's the perfect age. We got to nail it right now. It's like getting right. Ewan McGregor to play Obi Wan. Why are we waiting so long? <laughs> you know. Thankfully, Gen X is aging slightly slower than the rest of everyone. Otherwise, it, we'd be in true. some shit I, right now. <laughs> I just saw a meme today, and it was. Um, it said Vigo Mortensen is the same age as Ian McKellen was when they started filming Lord of the Rings. Holy cow. That's rude. And it's just like the the, the, Paul the uh, Will thing. Wheaton one, yeah. where Will Wheaton last year is the same age as Patrick Stewart was when they started filming. Yeah, which Next means Generation. that I, uh, I'm a couple years away from that age then. Yeah, right. Will Wheaton and I are just a couple months apart. So. Oh wow, fantastic! That really yeah. that really struck me. And I I didn't even connect with uh, Wesley Crusher as a character watching the show. Like you'd think I would because we were kind of the same age. Right. Like, I did, I, but I was a little younger. I was 12. Yeah. And so he was, he was, I could, I think I was the demo, the target demo, even mm-hmm. though he was, a, you know, because kind of that older cousin aspiration. Yeah. Um, you don't care that, that a lot of his, a lot of his, his skill was a trope rather than, you know. Uh, that's, you know, at the speed of plot. <laughs> so, uh, but, but going back, um, I, I rekindled that appreciation for Wesley. A lot of it because of Will as a person being so endearing yeah. and such a such an honest and earnest fan himself. Yeah, takes a lot of the takes a lot of the edge off of Wesley. Um, yeah, and, I agree, uh, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll defend him these days. You know, and I'm not interested. In, you know, if they <laughs> if they produced it, I would watch it. But um, like I, I hope they don't ever really reboot the next generation or DS Nine yeah. or yeah. Voyager. But if I did, if they did, I, I think the writers of today would do a much better job with a character like Wesley Crusher, like characters right. like Beverly Crusher, and um, Deanna Troy. You know, yeah. I think they would finally get what they really deserve. And I, you know, you you have to wonder, you know, would Denise Crosby character have been written off the show they had better writers exactly. that knew what to do with strong female characters mm-hmm. and you know a, a wunderkind you know this you know young boy who is an equal and and in some ways um smarter than than these adults around him so and of course it's a sci-fi trope you know you see that in a lot of places but it would have been it would have been interesting and uh you know, I think we got cheated by not seeing him in Insurrection. Yep. Come back at the wedding series to let us know that he was back and things like that. And, and there's I, a story I would love somewhere to... out there as him with him as a traveler that, that yeah, I and would I, love to hear. You know, And, and I really want to see them um, put together an anthology series that's animated. Because <gasps> oh, yeah. we've seen, and, and certainly spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen Lower Decks uh, Season 1. Um, but to see our favorite characters back, uh, voiced by the actors that we love, Marina Sirtis, Jonathan Frakes, you know, on the Titan, 
doing what so they do best and so but good. still being able to like have fun with it and you know laugh with the audience you know i it was just amazing and i if they just did an anthology series and we could see where wharf was at a certain point and things like that and you know fill in some of these gaps not 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 that overly you know kind of anal like you have to connect point a to b to c that a lot of um, franchises do just say hey this is you know i want to know what happened on the bozeman yeah have you you ever done a one shot in a role-playing game that's what we're talking about just do a one shot i want to see fraser crane on the bridge yeah Yeah. over miranda class you know i just i want i want some of those little stories yeah i want to see see those stories and you could bring them back they don't. They don't have to get in shape. They don't have to go into <laughs> hair and makeup. Well, you that's know, you're not. That's the. Uh, I noticed that over over this past uh, weekend, we we caught a little Disney Channel, which is you know we haven't done that in a while. Um, and one of the things they're doing, they, you know, they had this they had this series of movies and such called Descendants, and they used to be live action because you know their actors were young, and as the right. actors have aged up, they just do it in animated now. You know. Right. Um, and, and, uh, you're right. Getting to see Will and, uh, um, uh, and, uh, Deanna return on the Titan. Uh, oh no, another enterprise. <laughs> um, but and, 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 that entry was so freaking awesome, by the way. And, and that was just that whole idea that, you know, kind of taking the idea that, you know, in, in the more, um, the less serialized, uh, show episodic show where you never went back to these planets and and lower decks is like oh yeah like all hell broke loose the second you left <laughs> right. like it's like oh was nobody checking on the packlets like look nope. what they've done yep you know and, and that's a, i mean that's such a commentary on so many things without being too in your face about it it's so great right yeah know? it's so great yep. um now are any other shows you're watching besides that not, aren't star trek these days like current uh, so, current stuff. Um, obviously, uh, watched uh, Loki was great. Yeah, yeah, the Disney Plus shows. It? Yeah, really liked all of them. I thought they were great. So Captain America um, and the Winter Soldier. As yeah, it is Captain now. America. Spoiler Winter alert: Soldier, Scarlet Scarlet Witch was was great, and then yep. I, I think the Winter Soldier was was a great you know action kind of palate cleanser. You know, uh, Scarlet Witch was was much more cerebral, I think. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and then just as, like, man, I just want to see somebody get punched in the face over and over again. And you know, they introduce some great characters that I know we're going to see later on in the movies and other shows and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, I I uh, I'm a big true crime crime buff. Uh huh. So we uh we watch a lot of those shows, um, you know, Law and Order shows and things like that. So that, um, and uh, we've been watching Castle Rock on Hulu, which is a Stephen King. I watched a good chunk of the first season of that and never quite finished it, but it was intriguing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little bit of a slog. Yeah, and there's a lot of my wife and I finishing a nice hour long episode and looking at each other, going, "Do you know what's going on?" Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're going, "No, I have no idea what's going on." Uh, second season's great because Tim Robbins is in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and, you know, kind of interesting, you know, obviously he played uh, Andy Dufresne in, uh, I think that's the name of the character, um, in Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the prison in the show Castle Rock. Yep. 
So um, it's you all know, connected. All the, yeah, so he's kind of doing his own uh, MCU kind of thing that in this town of Castle Rock, or elements X from all reason, of his stories connect. Yeah, this is the reason why these these stories spawn out of there. So it it it, it is interesting. Um, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. I I've enjoyed the movies. Um, read a few of the books. Um, but you know, it's an interesting storytelling and, and I like that supernatural stuff. Usually, you know, uh, my wife and I, it's like, if it's got, you know, vampires or werewolves in it, I'll give it a watch. Yeah. You know, same thing with, you know, it's got spaceships, you know, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Did you watch we'll Grimm? see where this goes. Did you check out superheroes? Did you, have you watched Grimm? Used to be on NBC. Oh yeah. I love Grimm. I yeah. thought that was great. I was really, oh, yeah. I'm glad they went out. I think they went out the way they wanted to. Yeah. But I, they still, there's just still so many stories to show and they had a great cast. I think a lot of great oh, chemistry there. Yep. And yep. just from that first episode, you know, the big bad wolf episode just really had me hooked and uh, yep. great, great effects, the makeup. Yeah. And just that yeah. whole idea about, you know, that's prime for a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, I that is go a good back one. And catch that. I yeah. would definitely go back and watch that. <laughs> you know, I find, and it and it's nice. Monroe, for me man, because, Monroe was a great character. Yeah, Monroe. I mean, he was great. <laughs> Without that actor and that character, that that show I think could have spun off in a yep. in a negative way. Yep. And then I really liked uh, Wu, mm-hmm. Sergeant Wu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, and I he was um, he there's a podcast called All the Asians in Pot in uh, Star Trek. Oh wow. And um. He, of course, was in um, Star Trek 2009. He was mm-hmm. one of the instructors running the uh, Kobayashi Maru. Oh, nice. Right on. He's the one that says, like, how's he doing this? What's happening? <laughs> and um, so they had him on and they were talking to him about Grimm because it's a big part of his filmography. And he was like, yeah, I was written on the show for like two episodes. But like because of his performance and he himself, himself as an actor, spot. yeah, they 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 brought in that character, and I think they could have done a lot more with him too. Oh yeah, and absolutely, he was great. absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I loved that show, and I was kind of hoping maybe for a spinoff at one point, uh, but we didn't get it, and and sometimes that's okay too. And it's one of those that's uh, where you're like, it's just nice to stumble into another fan because you know not a lot of folks I don't think caught on to it. You know, yeah, uh, it got like five yeah. seasons, and, it was, and it's really good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you can learn a lot of German. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can. And just and then to like to realize it's like, hey, that guy was on like MTV Road Rules. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's it was like, that's stuff. where he came from. Yeah, it's filled with people. So funny. It's funny to think that at some at one point, young actors or agents were like, we got to get you on this MTV show. That's supposed to be reality. Right. To but get if we you can get there. you on there. And then people will know your face and things like that. But um, other shows, I mean, we love The Expanse. Uh, Expanse is a great, great sci-fi show. Um, What else have we been watching? I'm trying to think. It's tough because things are kind of in hiatus right now. It's true. They are. Have you seen uh, For All Mankind? We watched uh, the first episode. It it did not hook my wife. but yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in going back to see that. Not honestly, that's Ronald D. Moore. It is. So so you gotta you gotta give him. And it's funny because my wife loves Outlander. Yeah, and that's his stuff too. 
Uh, my, my, well, and it's also Mike Akuda does the uh, does the yeah. production design. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. And um, my wife hates it when I get too nerdy. Like, and my wife's a nerd too, but she's like, she's like, you're a nerd. You go, yeah, you're you know? so, so I'm like, oh, you know, the guy that you know writes this, he did Battlestar Galactica, and he did. She's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> that's not that's not an attraction for her. No, she was that's... she was a big fan of the the Outlander books, and uh, and strangely enough. Um, William Shatner is a huge Outlander fan. Oh, that's so like on his on his Twitter account. I certainly understand that uh, Bill Shatner is a little bit of a he's polarizing topic. He's a polarizing figure, you know. And I I think he's done a lot to uh, redeem himself, but I I certainly suspect a lot of it is that he's now playing the character of William William Shatner. Yeah. And um, that's fair. But yeah, I saw him at um, Trek Conderoga up in uh, in Ticonderoga, New York, the Star uh-huh. Trek tour there where they yep. have the, the the Enterprise. What what an amazing thing in our lifetime that an Elvis impersonator. Can build a. Can rebuild the sets to film Star Trek episodes in an old supermarket. Yeah. And it will eventually become so big that I don't know who owned them at the time, Paramount, CBS, it's been back and forth. But they they basically are like, okay, you are now officially the Star Trek tour. We yeah. will we will own this. And of course he had to he had to shut down, you know, filming his his episodes where he played Kirk and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But like that that exists and that that's done well enough that they bring in, you know, actors and they've had Anson Mount and Gates McFadden. And William Shatner and um, Walter Koenig's been there, yeah, and Michelle Nichols and things like that. And now they're actually building, I believe, in the neighboring building, they're rebuilding the Enterprise D sets. <sighs> which, you know, I was already going to journey. Saw, I was already going to journey you take there. A deep, yeah. I just saw you take a deep breath. <laughs> oh, that's uh, man. I, so the Enterprise D is not my favorite enterprise design but right t- the next generation is undeniably uh you know uh, 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 so big a part of i can't no longer be objective uh um, right but i have the playmates enterprise d toy from uh the early 90s i bought it for myself for my 18th birthday uh mm-hmm. and it still works and has a fair amount of the decals are still stuck on there that's pretty um, amazing yeah it's man it survived two kids and me um so you know uh kept managed to keep up with the nacelles and everything um but it's uh, you know it's just uh yeah that's that would be to to get to to go sit in that chair you know oh, or sit at ops or sit at sit at the con or tactical or science one two three engineering whatever just be on that uh, bridge absolutely. and oh god i would probably i mean cry. i <laughs> he he can keep building them for all I you know yeah give me the, build give me the bridges disco, of all give me give me defiant give me you know give me yeah. DS9 ops <laughs> absolutely oh it'd be so great oh yeah and um, then I saw uh, uh, William Shatner was doing the um, screenings of Wrath of Khan oh yeah oh so that you, would you yeah. go and watch the movie and then afterwards he'd do a little Q and A and obviously funny. it's all canned questions right it's the of same. Course questions he does in poughkeepsie as he does in concord new hampshire as he does oh, right. in, it's a it's a it's a gig it's a gig you know atlanta and but I, he comes out and he delivers i mean here's this man that's almost 90 years old 
and he is just shot out of a cannon and and performs and gives and at least in this iteration of William Shatner, right. he gives the fans what they want. Yep. You know, I think there was a time where he didn't want to do that. And, you know, he's a cantankerous, he was a cantankerous young man. And now he's, you know, deep under there, he's a cantankerous old man. But, um, <laughs> but he also likes money. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know he if he's him. trying to sock away money for his, his kids and his charities and things like that. But he's obviously, he's working hard. He's working yeah. hard to sock, sock away some dough. So. It's not easy to do that at any age, and especially, you know, I imagine at his oh. age. So, more power to him. So, yeah, what's your I, uh, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? Oh, so, I, it's hard for me because I yeah. tend not to have favorites of anything. Like, yeah. there's just like, you know, this week it's like I'm really high on this one or that one. But I think Rathacon really, for me, just hit a, a big sweet spot. You know, TOS was my my big you know, intro, they were my track for a long time because it was the only track, right? Right. And then um That was so, yeah, my first track Rathacon. in the theater. So Yeah. I got a lot of love so, for Rathacon. Yeah, so that's great. But you know, I think the top three for me I, somebody just had one like, you know, rank them all, you know, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And I, you know, definitely write up the, the big three, you know, my my Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, my my triumvirate there. My big three would be uh, Rathacon, uh, Undiscovered Country, and um, First Contact. Yeah, those are good choices. Yeah, those, those are uh, great. I I could watch The Voyage Home every day to the end of time, and not such a fun movie. Not be bored, you know. Yeah. I just love that movie, and you know, I'm getting a a better um, a better appreciation for the the lesser known movies like Insurrection mm -hmm. and Search for Spock, but I think you really have to watch. If you really want to enjoy Search for Spock, you have to watch it really close to Wrath of Khan and the Joy Voyage if, Home. If you have time to play the trio, play pl yep. play the trilogy, um, top to bottom, it, it's worth yep. it. Because uh, otherwise, you it's it, it's easy to forget that those those stories are within days of each other. Exactly. You and, know, uh, you know, or months I, at I, least, but yeah, I do. I do a pretty good job of, of turning off my brain and not, not bothering myself in the middle of four to be like, uh, I, there's no way a blue whale is going to fit inside. Is there all, how, how many sizes of birds of prey do we have? And the bridge got a refit in between somehow, but yeah, still, whatever, I, you know, in my, in know. my head cannon, there's just a button and it just lowers that mm. captain's chair. You know, Did you uh, just, have you seen the meme about how Christopher Lloyd's vehicle in the in in, in Spock became a time machine? Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, oh man, Christopher Lloyd, what a what a gem. Okay, so but favorite Star Wars movie? Favorite Star Wars movie uh, is uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, yeah. Now that's like that is like one of the greatest movies, sequel or not. Yeah, like I think you could. I think. You wouldn't even really need the setup to know what the to, to just watch the Empire and have it be that it's um, it's a yeah. perfect sequel. It's a perfect film. Um, it uh, it stands up because I think it had uh, George had the least amount to do with it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, being... I, I don't think a lot of fans know how much we owe to his first wife. Yeah. In the editing room for uh, not just Star Wars, but 
the from first, then on, first there was no movies. one to tell him no. Right. <laughs> or no one who would tell him no. And you can go yeah. back you can go back and watch some of the um some of the uh behind the scenes of the changes that have been made to the trilogy over right. time and everything. And there are people literally overlooking his shoulder as he makes these absolutely horrible decisions going, Oh yeah, no, that's perfect. George. Absolutely. Perfect. That's exactly what you well, want. I, I think that's the I'm atmosphere. Like, I mean, how could you not be on those sets and think that this is just going to be something great. And I, you know, I love George Lucas. He gave me the star Wars franchise. He's instrumental in Indiana Jones. Obviously that's a, you know, it's a, adolescent boy in in the in the 80s and he late 70s. a large portion of our childhood yeah and yeah. uh spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get a rope to work like a whip so i could swing on tree limbs and i i have yep. the scars and uh, oh yeah <laughs> cracked bones to to show absolutely. for it and uh absolutely but you know he he managed to take some great actors and get them to deliver the worst performances of their careers and I, you know, I, I don't know how somebody wasn't like, hey, maybe, maybe you don't need to do all the the heavy lifting on this, George. Like, let's, right. you know, but <laughs> well, there, there are some great moments of 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 all those movies. Um, you know, I I wish that Metaclorians didn't exist. Um, I wish there wasn't really, you know the prophecy stuff so much it should have just been maybe a little more organic and honestly hayden christensen deserved more time to transition from anakin skywalker jedi knight to right. darth vader like right. which to, is where to the do that character Wars... are in, in basically two two movies is is too much for any actor right um and that i mean that that's where the clone wars tv show comes in and makes makes it work a lot better because yeah. we get that, we get that in that show, um, and it's it, you can see that coming through. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, Star Wars overall has has you know taken a few weird turns, but um, you know uh, we currently are getting some of the best that it's ever been as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that the best modern uh, Star Wars I think is the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. And, and the Bad uh, Batch is not bad. It's good. Um, yeah, and, I've, uh, I've started watching it. that. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed Rebels. Uh, um, I've enjoyed uh, the Clone Wars, of course, uh, is uh, just fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, there are some of the sequel films are here and there for me. Uh, but overall, it's just like Star Trek. Um, you know, I'm not as versed in the expanded universe of, of Star Wars, but I still right. love everything that I've got. You know, uh, I'll, I will always yeah, uh, uh, want to see I more. read some of the some of the books um the timothy zahn books mm -hmm. the, the kind of that that trilogy the skywalker trilogy after after the end of uh jedi and, and very very interesting uh ideas in there and some great stuff that i know that people want that that love those books they want to yeah. see that pulled into the mandalorian and um i i think certainly for for people you know around my age um seeing luke skywalker at the end of mandalorian oh, season two was everything uh, that they wanted in the jj abrams trilogy yeah, that they exactly. did, they felt they didn't get and i yeah. think even though if you really look at the character luke skywalker and his mentors a lot of what he did during the in, between the time of the movies is, is actually pretty spot on you know 
Yoda went and hid for, right. for a generation. Same with with Obi Wan. Obviously, they're going to go back and with the TV show. I think if they finally do make it, which I hope they do, and uh, we're going to see that maybe be coming. <laughs> that Obi Wan was maybe working some things behind the scenes or things like that. Um, right. But you know, and it yeah, just have to remember at the end of it, he was just he was just one man, and and throughout his trilogy, he was a kid. Yeah, for most exactly. of it. Yeah, he wasn't. Know? But he wasn't even twenty five when it all when it was all finished. Right. Yeah. 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 What were yeah. you doing when you were twenty five? Uh, I don't <laughs> want to. Not tell saving you. the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Becoming a space wizard. Yeah. 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 None so, of that. You know. So. But the the great thing about the Mandalorian too, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see it on Disney Plus, they have a behind the scenes for the technology they oh, use yeah. to film it. Ooh the thing yeah yeah i yeah, forget what they call that device but uh, the, it's like 300 and it's like 300 degrees of, of projection led screen that that basically they just put the scene and you're in it yeah and it's like they're already almost in. a holodeck right yeah it's gonna they're get using we, that that's gonna be how we for, get holodecks this is how you get yeah. a holodeck <laughs> they're using that technology in season four of discovery yeah and oh of course it's gonna look amazing of course it's gonna look amazing i'm so excited yeah. for that yeah. uh, and too. uh you know for me discovery i think for a lot of people has been a little hit or miss mm-hmm. um obviously the show looks amazing yeah um yeah, it stops but you and, know uh I, you know i think uh, i think we're gonna see season four of discovery really really get get us there uh yeah i feel like i feel like that's finally you know they've got a place where they got a place where they can be safe at home right and yeah uh, they so i think that's gonna be you know a big part of it um, yeah, well, and I and I was pretty interested to see the the Section Thirty One show, but that seems like it's been put on the back burner yeah, for a while. Yeah, I think we got excited about other things, and 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 you know the the powers that be kind of passively listen to the listen to the noise, and uh, um, that's where we are kind of getting. You know, we are getting the uh, Strange New Worlds more than yeah. maybe the Section Thirty One show, which I'm okay right. with. I'm okay with it. I'm excited for it all, and I'll just watch whatever. I, I'm excited for. it a slightly more episodic, mm-hmm. you know, show. Um, I mean, I love all the big save the universe, you know, things and, and these big things, but it's like, I, I also love when it's just like, Hey, we don't have to do that taking, every season. Yeah. We're going to take ambassador a from here to there. And this is what's going to happen in between. Like, let's get Mick Fleetwood in a giant rubber fish mask, <laughs> fish mask again, you know, and, and I, get him where he needs know. to go. Um, well, yeah, I, I think, think too, uh, you know, they proved with, uh, lower decks that they can do episodic with an arc, you know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, and you, you I don't the, really have to pick up, you can pick up anywhere in that season and enjoy the episode. But also if you watch it top to bottom, you, you get something, you know, which is right. great. You know? And I think, yeah. I think DS9 proved that, yeah, you know, exactly. that was the first, that's the first time they really, they really did that. I mean, obviously on TNG, occasionally they would. You know, Connects they didn't completely episodes. forget that Worf had a kid. Yeah, exactly. But they did a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times he was like, <laughs> that's why he was not on the ship a lot of time. Um, well, Rob, is there anything else that you want to uh, get out there before we have to round things no. down? I think I'm good. All right, man. Well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for making the time to be here. 
And uh, I would like to say thank you to the listeners for giving us your ears this week. And if you would like to help out, you can do so by sharing the show, uh, telling your friends about it, putting the word out there, and going through the back catalog and picking up on episodes that you might have missed. And if you would really like to contribute, you are able to do so at patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R where you can start for as little as a dollar a month and gain access to the Discord server. Or uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can gain early access to every episode uh, before they're released on Thursday. And speaking of that, this show will always be released for free and ad-free every Thursday for as long as I can manage. With that, thank you for listening and good night from the Toadsuck Studios.